the house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this picture a little bit. Did I rush? It felt like I rushed. That was good. I liked it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Hey. With us on the ones and twos, Joseph Ascani. What's up? This is episode 170, college football week 11, NFL week 10. We are nearly to the end of the college football regular season, so it's pretty much a do-or-die week. It's moving week for sure. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Hit the like button as well. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, doesn't matter. Hit subscribe. Follow us on all social media. You know the drill. Saints get a win, a big win, uh, a weird win, but a big win because we now sit atop of the NFC South. Saints, yep. going, Saints are going to the playoffs? <laughs> Probably. You think? Yeah. Where do we end up? Where I, I wonder where we would end up currently, like a road game in Seattle, some shit like that. Well, if we win the division, we'll have a home game. Well, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. We'll get we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But it was an interesting win because would we turn them over five, six times? Yeah, five. Playing the Bears, uh, one of the worst teams in football with a rookie quarterback that went to a mid-major school. I don't remember where he went exactly, but it wasn't a power five. It might not even been a division one. I think it was division two. It was D two. Um we won by a touchdown. What were your you got any takeaways? Uh not really. <laughs> I know we started off better than we finished. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Derek Carr sympathizers coming out now. Um, trying to say that I saw something going around where they said they were comparing his completion percentage to Drew Brees. And he's got a slightly higher completion percentage than Drew Brees' career completion percentage. I, th I guess this season. I don't understand that. Because who gives a shit how many times he can complete a check down when you can't do anything in the red zone? I hope Derek Carr does well. I hope the Saints do well, obviously. Um, I got to see more of it before I start. It's it just a lot of like, there's a there's this like faction on Twitter that their whole goal is just to like convince you that like Derek Carr is good or Jameis is good or Taysom should be the quarterback. It's like, let's just see what happens. We all know. We know what's going to happen. We know it. We all know it. We'll sit right here in two months' time and be like, we fucking knew it. Uh, LSU. Saints win, LSU loses. You saw Brian Kelly's press conference? Um, No, but I heard about it a little bit. He said, we certainly could have and should have spied Jalen Milrow. Why is it always, as we're sitting on the couch, screaming, why aren't they fucking spying him? Why is it why why is it easy for us to see but they can't figure it out? Yeah, I don't know. I was shocked that after halftime they didn't start spying. Still didn't do it. Jalen yeah. Milrow had what four rushing touchdowns? Yep. He was the only thing that beat us. We didn't make him beat us with his arm. The one time he had a guy wide open, he sailed it over his head by ten yards, and you still didn't force him to beat you with his arm. You let him run all over you. So understand the hit on Jaden Daniels was it targeting was it not who get who cares that game was already it was already over with at that point it would have been a heroic comeback if even if that doesn't happen 
it's frustrating. I don't understand how you take Harold Perkins, who last season was the best defensive player in college football, and you make him a non-factor, basically. So it's like we talked about, and you mentioned, like, is it just Matt House? Probably not, because this is one of the worst personnels that we've had on the field. Wingo getting hurt is a tremendous loss, but in terms of the secondary, when's the, what's the worst LSU secondary that you remember? Is there one? Um, This one. That's what I'm saying, before this one, obviously. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would say this is the worst one that I could possibly remember. But the whole team sucks. The whole uh, defense. Yeah. Like, there's zero pass rush. It's just zero. It, the, the overall vibe of the defense is just not what we're accustomed to. Like, it just doesn't feel like a typical LSU defense, which I don't really understand because Brian Kelly was predicated on, like, Good offensive line, running the football, playing good defense, and then now he's got the number one passing offense. Yeah. The overall number one offense in our defense is dog shit. You saw USC fired Alex Grinch? Yep. Is Madhouse next? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, what's the goddamn difference? I think USC knows that. Uh, There's a little bit of a difference. USC's like playing against air nearly. Definitely. But, but I mean, what we did against Ole Miss, like – an old Miss offense that struggled with Tulane. The defense has been horrific. And when you have the standard that we have, USC doesn't have a fucking standard for defense. We have mm-hmm. a standard for always being a good defensive football team. And it's like shockingly bad. I mean, I still remember a couple years ago, UCLA, first game of the season, running it down our fucking throat. That defense was horrible. Mm-hmm. This one's worse. So, I don't know. Really frustrating. It was a good spot for LSU, I thought. I thought that was a – if the defense could have just – even remotely shown up, LSU would have won the game. They open up the second half with a touchdown. We go up seven after leading an incredible touchdown drive to close the half. Jaden Daniels is the best player in the country when healthy. We told you, we sat right here. We said 17-1 odds on Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman Trophy. It's not a homer pick that he was going to be the real deal and is the real deal. We were not wrong. We weren't wrong. You just got to give him a defense. If we have one loss right now, he would have been at the top of the list going into that game already. But then it turned into he's got to have a great game, which he did. But then he got hurt, and and obviously it went the way it went. So, whatever. Um, did you see the updates on Connor Stallions with Michigan? I saw that, um, or whatever, he resigned, he was fired. Yes. So, originally he got like a, a paid leave, and then he got fired. But you saw they have footage of who they believe to be Connor Stallions on the Central Michigan sideline dressed in the gear. You saw that, right? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> this guy, that's why I said this guy is like a diabolical mastermind because you don't even need to do that. They're going to beat the dog shit out of Central Michigan, whether they know the signs or not. Why are you, and I guess it hasn't been confirmed that it's him, but McElwain was like, we're looking into it. How are you not able to be like, yeah, that's Mike. They like, were playing Michigan State or? Maybe, okay, is that what it was? I okay. think they were scouting for whoever they were playing. Okay, the opponent. That makes sense. Central Michigan did play Michigan State this year, I believe. That makes more sense. Okay. Um, I respect it. I, I really, I honestly, I like it. This guy must be just so deep and like, I know he was a military guy, so mm-hmm. he must just be out. He's like Jones and like, I got to go special ops here. I got to go on the sidelines. And they show they have him on camera 
anytime a player would like go to the sideline, like run out of bounds, and obviously he knows, okay, the player's over there, so the camera's gonna pan on him. He's like, he's like covering his face and shit. It's kind of wild. So more and more developments keep coming out. Um, there, there's rumors circulating that Harbaugh may be suspended, which would be wild. Um, but also too, so so the main question I guess circulating is should Michigan be allowed to play in the college football playoff? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough question because, um, like, they're a legitimate contender. They're, like, arguably the top, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say that, but... um, I would. It's like, if you if you don't let them play, you're, you're fucked either way. Because if you let them play and they win, then it's, like, illegitimate. If you don't let them play and whatever, and whoever else wins, it's still illegitimate. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, do you really think these signs are making them far and away, like... What the, you, do you think because of what's going on, if they weren't doing this, they would be two losses right now? Like, and the, I mean, obviously they haven't had a good schedule, so they haven't had a tough schedule this year at all. But do you think it's this tremendous advantage? To me personally, this feels like Bounty Gate. This feels like everybody's doing it. They might have went a little bit further. I think it's a pretty big advantage. Like I saw some film from the um, Ohio State game last year, uh-huh. and they knew when Ohio State was running and. Stuff like that. And obviously Michigan ended up pulling away in that game and Yeah. Went to the college football playoff, but So you think they're the only ones doing it? I don't know. I feel like that's what I said. I feel like it's bounty gate type of thing where everybody's doing it. They might have took it they might have went one step further. But they just said there was something that came out today that Michigan presented evidence that was given to them by another team that Ohio State or one of the big ten teams had their signs. That was just pr- reported on today. Everybody's been stealing signs since the creation of the game, trying to get an edge. I think they just went one step further. But I don't really understand what did they do that's given them such a unfair advantage over the next team. But I'm saying, like, is, is it the videoing? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Because everything's on tape. You can't just zoom in on the sidelines. Like when you're watching the whatever mm-hmm. the 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 all the full coverage, the game tape that they got, they could zoom in on the sidelines, I'm sure, and fucking study the, whatever they're doing. I just don't understand what like crazy advantage or what line they overstep that nobody else is doing or is capable of doing. Yeah, I don't think there's any way. Like Stephen A. Smith came out and said, "You can't let them play. You gotta you gotta ban them from the college football playoff until the investigation's over." That seems backwards to me. Yeah, You have to let the investigation play out, and if it's not done before, then they get to play. It's innocent until proven guilty. It's literally what the country's, like, founded on. Well, it's like, what else What? What? What else do they need, you know? Like, what else are they looking for? Yeah, I, I, well, I know the Big Ten, I'm sure, doesn't want to. Michigan's going to sue the fuck out of them. Yeah. Definitely. So they're going to, like, make it difficult and take it to court. But also, too, it's kind of been the face of the Big Ten for the last three years. So it's like, does the Big Ten want to go to battle with their top team, essentially? Um, And also, how much punishment do you bring down when Harbaugh's probably going to bounce and go to the NFL? So do you want to, like, handicap Michigan for years going forward? 
when Harbaugh's inevitably going to bounce. Like, they're already going to get kind of kicked to the back burner when he goes. Recruiting will take a hit. Um, the, the, they'll ha- probably have some down years, I'd imagine, don't you think? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't – Um. it's interesting. It's probably one of the most interesting storylines in recent college football history, I would say. Yeah. And you say it's – I said arguably they're the top contender. You would say no. What do you mean no? You think Ohio State? I think Georgia's still the best team in the country. Yeah, but who would you put it to? Florida State. Okay, Jesus Christ. Who would you put it three? Um, Are you putting Ohio State over Michigan? No, not right now. Okay, that's what. Okay, I guess I should have said. But we'll see. This, top team I mean, representing the this Big week, Ten. This is their first big test. Yeah, definitely. Without without question, which we'll get to. Um, I, I thought, yeah, I was just like, how are you going to put – because they put Ohio State number one in the college football rankings. Yeah, I didn't agree with That's that. That's fucking crazy. They came out – and Rutgers had like four opportunities inside the 10-yard line and didn't go, didn't come away with a single touchdown. And they were winning going into the second half. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's not the best team in the country. Not even close. They're not the best team in the Big Ten. So, um, yeah, I, I would still put Michigan at two. I would put Florida State at three. Um, and I guess Ohio State at four because – I mean, they didn't lose the game, but I've been very... Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument for Alabama now. Yeah. Like, Alabama could upset They're going to fucking... They're going to backdoor the way in the college football playoff. Yeah, Oregon's good. Yeah, Oregon's good as well. Washington still hasn't lost, right? Still undefeated. Yeah. So, but, I mean, come on. They're frauds. Yeah, we just watched that. (laughs) Um, All right, what else? College basketball's back. Yep. I'm sure you're not very excited. (laughs) (laughs) I saw James Madison upset Michigan State. That was wild. Yeah, this was supposed to be like a a above the norm in term for Michigan State in terms of offensive firepower. So that was kind of wild to see. Um, I'm very excited. I love when college basketball comes back. It's so frustrating. I have my record right there. Actually, not a horrible year. 51, 47, and two last year. Um with a late start, so I mean, fuck, I'll take that. It's just a sweat. It's an everyday thing. It's stressful, but I mean, when March rolls around, there's nothing better. I'm glad it's back. I'm going to be putting out a couple plays here and there, I'm sure. Um, it's a big game on Friday, but then next Tuesday, a week from today, is like the big whatever, All-State Classic or whatever the hell it is. Um, Aaron Rodgers is flirting with coming back from his Achilles injury, he claims, in a couple weeks, a few weeks. Yeah, I saw some videos of him throwing a couple weeks back. Well, he was throwing in warm-ups last yeah. night, and he was doing drop-backs, but it's like he's he's not full-on, like, which I get it, he just had the Achilles. But how are you coming back in a few weeks? So you can tell he's not, like, putting a bunch of weight on it and not, like, full speed or anything like that. Um is there any way he comes back? I guess Cam Akers made that incredible recovery and played in the Super Bowl the same year. Mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, he needs his Achilles more than Rodgers does, I guess. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, he's going to be less mobile and he's already older. He's going to be taking more hits. Um, mobility is a part of his game as a quarterback. I don't, I don't, is there any way he comes back this season? Yeah, I think it's a possibility. I wouldn't say a couple weeks. I'd say more like maybe. Playoffs if they make it. Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty unprecedented to have your quarterback go down week one with an Achilles tear and then come back. Like, is Kirk Cousins coming back? Is he going to play in the playoffs? They won't get there. But 
I think it's kind of like re redefining like what we know about these injuries and shit. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and then is it safe to say that Joe Burrow owns Josh Allen without question? Yeah. I don't think he's ever beaten him. Burrow marched into Buffalo last season in the playoffs and beat him in the snow. Joe Burrow's fucking good. Like really good. Yeah. You, you can tell he's healthy now. He's just that guy like when the when the game's hanging on the brink and you need a throw to be made, he always makes it. Yep. He threw one to the right sideline. I can't remember who it was to, maybe Higgins, but I was just like, what a fucking throw. It was like a big third down. And I'm like, oh, fuck, if we give him the ball back here, like not good, a dime. I'm like, dude, it, it, it's crazy just how good he is with like not incredible arm talent like Mahomes or mm -hmm. not incredible mobility like Lamar Jackson. Like he's got the perfect combination. And then he's just a good fucking football player. The guy just knows how to win. So he's very poised. Yeah. Yeah. Like doesn't he, when he has his harder games, he steps up. He has his best games again. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked about it at LSU, like what we saw early in the season, week two against Texas in 2019, just the ability to move up in the pocket under duress and find Jefferson to seal the game. Like the, the pocket awareness to not panic, to <coughs> stay calm under pressure is kind of like never before seen. So It'll be interesting. Like I said, I got a 17 to one ticket on the Bengals. It quickly went to like 14, 13 to one after that win. Um, they'd currently be in the playoffs today. I think everyone in their division, they yep. said would, which is wild. It's crazy. Uh, big games coming up with Baltimore, but I felt like it was good value. Um, I did it the year they went to the Super Bowl. And then I had, I've had a fucking futures bet every year that he's been in the league, I think, other than his rookie season and one cash because we they covered in the Super Bowl but I hedged overall and then yeah I mean I, Joe Burrows made me a fucking a bag since 2019 I think that's the last thing I got anything before we get into the uh, recap I don't have anything alright so I thought last week was going to be the week so now I hope this week's going to be the week uh, but one thing's for certain we're rattling off some locks so I've hit my last three locks in college football. I've hit three out of my last four in the NFL. We'll just kind of go through it. I had no midweek football, which is not normal. Typically, if there are games during the week, I'm going to have action on it. Not this week. I had 10 plays all on Saturday. We'll go down the list and the way I wrote it. I don't know if it's necessarily in chronological order, but Virginia Tech plus 10, bad pick. That was a bad one. They got absolutely shit canned. I guess that was a... After seeing how dominant they looked against Syracuse the week before, that was a thanks. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll ride you again next week. I didn't think it was a bad matchup, but it was. I, it was more of a, I don't think Louisville's as good. They're a little ahead of schedule. I don't like Plummer. Um, they proved me wrong big time. USC plus three and a half. This one was extremely frustrating because the defense in this game was so bad on both sides, Washington and USC. There was zero defense. It, and at plus three and a half, you felt good because it was like neither team's ever going to stop the other one. Well, they did, and Washington had a lead. I think they were they were up 10, something like that. USC had the ball. Caleb Williams had a drive to go at least get inside the number. Couldn't do it, and then he's crying like a little fucking baby-ass bitch to his mom. Um, I don't like Caleb Williams anymore. So the, uh, anytime I need a backdoor to not go my way, it doesn't work out. And anytime I need one this season, don't get it, unless it's Penn State. 
Oregon State minus 13. Speaking of backdoor, this one was so frustrating. This was late. We were both on it. I don't know if you were up watching it, but... Well, lucky you, because this was the backdoor. Oregon State dominated this fucking game. It was eerily reminiscent to UCLA against Colorado the week before. Oregon State dominated this game. And then then Shador Sanders goes down, and, and I mean, they had like 70 yards of offense through three quarters. And then the problem was Oregon State's defensive backs, number one, is a huge bitch. They were up, doubled, they were up two scores, zero effort. Zero, zero effort. I could punch that dude in his fucking head. And then Ongalele stinks. Um, I read that shit like a book. We were on him in the beginning of the year, and then I knew I could tell when some of the issues that he had were starting to show up again, and exactly the case. So he he's not good. They scored 26 points. It was like 26 to 19, something like that. Uh, Colorado scored a touchdown with like a minute to go to backdoor cover. Penn State, Maryland over 50 and a half. Uh, this one's looking like a sweat. It came down to um, a touchdown midway through the fourth quarter that was looking like might have been the difference. So we hit the over, and then Penn State like rattled off another three touchdowns in a span of like five minutes somehow. They hit the over by themselves. Uh, Utah State minus two. We had to go to overtime to to get the job done, but they did. Uh, Lagasse is very good. I like Utah State. It's a team that uh, I've been on a few times this year. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State over 60 and a half. I don't know what the total sat at. We were on opposite sides. Um, there was a, by the grace of God, chance that we could somehow hit exactly 61 and manage to both win, but it didn't work out. There was a drop deep ball touchdown uh, for number four for Oklahoma. He was wide open. There was a couple missed opportunities, but um, so that one was a loser. Marshall, App State under 55 and a half. Marshall fucking stinks. Uh, App State scored like 38. I think Marshall scored three. So it was more of a, I want, I'm going to lean on Marshall's defense and then know that they're struggling to score offensively. Um, thank God they suck. So LSU plus three and a half. Obviously we touched on it a little bit. Spy the fucking quarterback, Brian. Tell phone fucking Matt House and tell him to spy the quarterback with Harold Perkins. There was one time where Milrow, they threw the horse collar. But the one time where Milrow had the angle and Perkins just fucking hawked him down like it was nothing. Closed the gap, closed the uh, the distance in, in a second. He It should have been happening all night. So LSU plus three and a half is a loser. Fresno State minus three. Um, it was one of the last games of the night, and it was just after I watched Washington State. I'm sorry, uh, Oregon State. Actually, it was the final game of the night. This was just after I watched Oregon State melt away what should have been an easy win and cover. Um, well, Boise State goes down and gets a touchdown to backdoor cover. But then, by the grace of God, Malik Sherrod, let's see. I didn't even realize. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Second and 11, a minute 49 left. Boise has no more timeouts. Uh a minute 49 in the fourth quarter, Malik Sherrod rips off a 52-yard touchdown. If he gets tackled, it was reminiscent of our Oklahoma game in the Red River rivalry with uh, with Kennedy Brooks. Mm-hmm. Why did I fucking draw a blank on that? Anyway, Malik Sherrod put us on his back and um, pulled a, a bad beat out of the fire. Boise then does drive down, but they found themselves in a fourth and short down 10. They took the field goal to then go for the onside kick with 30 seconds left and didn't get it. So had to have it. Um I don't not acknowledge when the when 
when we're on the lucky side or, or the fortunate side of things, not necessarily should have been the case in that game because Fresno was playing good. But they did. Boise went down and scored before the first half and, like, finally was able to do something on offense with four seconds to go, I think, in the first half. They kick it off, and Fresno returns it for a touchdown, 95 yards. Mm. You fucking fools. I don't know why they did that, but took a three-point lead back to a 10-point lead and uh, momentum into the half. So, overall – oh, and I forgot, Clemson, plus three and a half. Almost don't even need to recap it because we knew it was a fucking done deal. Dabo did it for Jesus. Um, Notre Dame's overrated. I, I, I said it, and I said it, and I said it. Sam Hartman is the problem for Notre Dame. He's not what they wanted him to be. He's not what they expected him to come in and be. The ACC leader in touchdowns has never beaten Clemson in his career, and that remains the same. It was multiple just poor decisions. If you pressure him, he makes poor decisions. Um, Maffa ran the ball really well. Klubnik did just enough to not fuck it up. Clemson's defense played great. Plus three and a half, they went out right. That was our collective lock of the week. So I go five and five on the week. So again, should have been uh, should have been the week we got them, but it wasn't. We'll take five and five anytime we go even and hit the lock. We make money. 34, 42, and four. Six and five in our locks of the weeks. Locks of the week. You had seven plays. Oh, yeah. I, two ads that I didn't write in, but I got uh, yeah. the, the records correct, though. Um. Clemson, we talked about it. Hartman struggled like we expected. Um, Arkansas, Florida. This game couldn't have got off to a worse start. It was like 14 nothing, freaking two minutes into the yeah. game. Um, yeah, but ten. then at the end, it was 49-point score with like seven minutes left in the game. We were hoping that Florida could get a stop, maybe get the ball back and run a clock out. Well, this game ended up going to overtime, and there was like, Nearly 70 points scored or something like that. So, kind of a little bit misleading final score because it went to overtime. and it was It's, it's definitely misleading because, like you said, the, there was 28 points in the first quarter, but then they scored one touchdown the remainder three qu- remaining three quarters. Yeah. If you don't have the – I can't remember who they threw it to. It was uh, Pearsall. She had it ripped from him. Yep. Like – just ripped out of his hands, returned scoop and score. Not even a scoop. Just ripped it from him like Tyron Matthew used to do and ran it the distance. If that doesn't happen, it hits the under. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly misleading. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, under 61.5. I think the final score was 27-24. Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. Um, USC, plus 3.5. You talked about it. Oregon State, minus 13. You talked about it back door. I had Cincinnati. We finally got a winner with Cincinnati. Yeah. After we've both been on them, you've been on them, I've been on them. Cincinnati lost this game by two. Um, and then LSU. LSU yeah. plus three and a half. So three and four, I'm 25, 30, and two on the year six and five of my locks. Yep. Okay. Joseph, what, how did you do? Uh, two and two overall. Um, didn't get to watch the Kansas in the Iowa State game, but obviously that didn't go how I thought it would. Uh, Kansas is just better. It was obvious. I think they were up like 14-3 or 17-3 at half. and uh, But I didn't get to watch it, so I don't know much really what happened, but <clears throat> Kansas just dominated throughout. Uh, they kind of came back at the end. I think they ended up making it a seven-point game, but they were favored by two and a half, so no luck there. Um, Army and Air Force, terrible pick. 
Uh, you talked about it when I was giving it out last week. That's just, I don't know. Maybe looked into the stats too much. How dominant Air Force has been on the ground all year and how dominant they've been against the ball, uh, against the run. Uh, uh, that's kind of why I took that one, but you know, the, the, the troops games, those are, those are tough. Yeah. I mean, that big of a spread. The problem in that was with, they turned it over a shitload of times. Yeah. So, and then they went for it fourth and one from their own, like 18 yard line. (laughs) Yeah. That's not in the beginning of the game. Yeah. So the, the turnovers mix, I mean, army jumped out to an early lead and then you knew when that happened, they weren't covering 18, Right. but you get down 10 plus. And against the service academy and you're a service academy, you're just trying to fucking win the game at that point. You know that you'd have to, it'd be a miracle. They'd have to be fucking scooping scores and all kinds of wacky shit. That's the thing with those numbers with those teams is there's just no room for error. Yeah. And they have to come out and fucking dominate because yeah. you get such a, I think on average you get like what, 12 possessions a game. You probably get like seven or eight in yeah. those type of games sometimes. Right. Um. So you got to make, the opportunities count definitely. So the, I mean, those are tough, but Air Force definitely better. Yeah, at, at least I don't know. It's fucking tough to say, I guess, because it beat the dog shit out of them. But if they play again, yeah, I, nobody expected that. To no, fuck yeah. no. Yeah, should have went with what I talked about the under. <laughs> I mean, it was like twenty three to three at the end of the third. So I'm like, wow, they actually might hit the over mm-hmm. for the first time in eight years or something like that. And yeah, still went under. So I should have went with that, but, um, in LSU, Alabama, I was on the over 60 and a half. Uh, it was like, was it 21, 21 at halftime or 28, 21? Um, 21, it was 21. tied because we yeah. scored to open the second half to yeah, take the lead. That's what it was. 28, 21, right out the gate. We came out a uh, second half. So, Feeling good about that at halftime and ended up hitting. Um, and then for my lock, I was on the over Georgia Tech and Virginia, 56 and a half. I expected Virginia to score a little bit more, but Georgia Tech did most of the heavy lifting in that one. So went good. Two and two, um, hit my lock. So that brings me to 22 and 16 overall and five and six in my locks. Okay. All right. <clears throat> like I said, we've been rattling off locks, uh, Nick and I, these last couple weeks. We, I mean, I was down. I, I wasn't doing well to start the season. We're now positive in college football, six and five in the locks of the week. And um, so, like I said, three in a row for college football, three out of my last four in the NFL. We will look ahead to week 11. There's still plenty of opportunities, uh, just for the record, everybody listening. Anyone who's listened consistently in the past knows that we pick every single bowl game. So the regular season is nearing the end um but we're far from we're far from finished so we do have games going on currently nobody had any action for tuesday does anybody have any action for wednesday hell no no <laughs> no way <laughs> y'all are fucking babies dude i don't either but i mean y'all probably didn't even look it's not for lack of trying i looked not much to look at um no there's plenty to look at <laughs> um thursday you got anything? No, I don't have anything till Saturday. Okay, what about you? Same. Okay, I am on both Friday games. Okay. So. Uh, we'll start with North Texas SMU. <clears throat> it, it's going to be short and sweet. I'm going to lay the big number with SMU. I have uh, – I've, I've seen both of these teams. Rodgers is playing out of his fucking mind for North Texas, but SMU's defense is the real deal. It, it, it's very impressive uh, just how good they are. Nobody really saw this coming. Um, they do have inexperience on the offensive side, 
but they're playing well enough. Stone's getting the job done. He's having a great season. Um, he's only a sophomore, 21 touchdowns, five interceptions, 16 and a half points. Uh, they've been kind of – I don't think it's enough. I, I, I think I'm going to take SMU minus 16 and a half. North Texas's defense is just non-existent. It's been that way for quite some time. Rodgers is playing great, but this is going to be a tough go against this SMU defense on the road. So Thursday or uh, Friday, first game on Friday, we're going to take SMU minus 16 and a half. And then the second game on Friday, Wyoming versus UNLV. This one has moved a little bit in terms of the side. I'm going to be on the total. UNLV has been a big surprise as well. Seven and two, four and one in the Mountain West. Um, I would say Wyoming's offense to an extent has been a bit of a surprise. I've looked to see if there's any injuries causing the line to move. Um, I can't really find much, nothing of significance. So... This game is being played at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Perfect conditions. Two top 20 teams in terms of red zone efficiency. Neither defense is inside. Top 70 in red zone defense. We're going for points over 50 and a half. So we're going to have both games on Friday, 8 p.m. And then 945 kick. It's going to, it's going to be a late one. Um, but we're going to stay up and we're going to root for points. I think we're going to see them. So give me the over 50 and a half in Wyoming UNLV. Did you look at either of these? Um, No. All right, we will go to Saturday. Let's just go straight to the big one. 11 a.m., Michigan, Penn State. Are you on it? Nope. No? No. Are you serious? God. Are you? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll let you go first. Um, I'm actually going to take Michigan's team total under okay. 25 and a half. Um. I don't really have much <clears throat> pertaining to what's going on with their team. Uh, I'm sure there will be some effect in this game, um, but I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna lean on Penn State's defense in this one. Penn State's first in the country, stopping the run, allowing only two yards per carry. That's an incredible stat. Um, they're gonna have to stack the box and make McCarthy beat them through the air. Uh, this is McCarthy and Michigan's first real test this year, as we know, and. Um, Penn State already had their test with Ohio State, and their defense played very well in that game as well. Uh, had a had a scoop and score called back as well. Michigan's averaging 42 points per game this year, but I see that changing this week against this very good Penn State defense in their first test. So I'm going to take them under 25 and a half. I'm laying the points with Michigan. I think um, – I mean, we got a firsthand look at – I mean, I can't, I'll just read everything I wrote, whatever. We'll see where my thoughts were at that particular time. Um, but a lot of this does boil down to what's going on. And I don't think it's, I mean, it is a distraction, but it's also like bulletin board material. Yeah. It's motivational. Yeah. They're like, oh, y'all can only fucking win because y'all had y'all are stealing people's signs. This is what I wrote down. It's criminal that this is not a night game in Happy Valley. The line's been jumping all over the place. Michigan has been as high as a seven and a half point favorite, all the way down to two and a half, now sitting at four and a half. We saw Penn State go on the road to Ohio State in that game. They had 240 yards of offense, were two of 19 on conversion downs. Aller was 18 of 42 for 191 yards and a touchdown. 
Penn State refused to make his life easier by establishing the run. The next week, they got outgained by Indiana, a team that is not a good offense at all. They Penn State was on upset alert there for a little while. Indiana put up 24 points, and they missed some opportunities on the field. Michigan's number two in third down conversions. Both schools are top 10 in rushing defense. Obviously, Penn State is number one. The difference in this game is going to be the, pro- the progression of J.J. McCarthy. I think he's going to be able to make the plays that Aller can't. I don't think Harbaugh will be suspended. I would be very surprised. Um, obviously, that would certainly have an effect. Before this game? Yeah, that's that's oh, really? that's a rumor floating around. Yeah, um, I don't think it'll happen. I think that I saw problems on the back end of this defense immediately following the Ohio State game. I mean, obviously, I was on Penn State against Indiana, and uh-huh. it was busted coverages. It was it was miscommunications on the back end. So, but really, this one boils down to me. I mean, we're gonna find out if Michigan is a fraud or not, if they've just benefited from a weak schedule. But Ohio State wins the game. Ohio State's offense is trash. So I don't know that this is necessarily the top litmus test for me in terms of what they were able to do against Ohio State's offense um, because Ohio State's offense hasn't looked great to me. Uh, it, uh, yes, they have Marvin Harrison Jr. Outside of him, I mean, they what they do in terms of rushing? They ran the ball for 79 yards. They did lean on Mayan Williams, and obviously they were down Travion Henderson. But Penn State only being one of 16 on third down, throwing another one for three on fourth down. If you can stop the run, I just don't – I like Aller. I think he will be good going forward. I don't think that he's there yet to make these plays. If this was on the road, obviously it would be a much different story. The fact that they are in Happy Valley, but it's a morning game. It's not a night game. It's not going to be the whiteout, whatever you got to worry about. I would love this number to be at four. I would bet a lot. The fact that it's four and a half, um, it's just going to be a typical one-unit play for me. But I do think that we see Michigan possibly come out here and beat the brakes off of Penn State and just Mm -hmm. send a message. So I know you said you're not on it. Which way would you lean? Yeah, I would lean Michigan. That's it? Yeah. (laughs) It's just – it's one of those – what did we see against Ohio State that makes us think that Penn State can hang in this game? Yeah. With Michigan. So we can nitpick the schedule all we want, but when you look at Penn State's schedule, the best team they played was Ohio State. Offensively, they couldn't do a thing. I mean, you've got West Virginia, which we had to get a little lucky to even cover the number. Then you got Delaware on the road at Illinois. Iowa, Northwestern, UMass, Indiana, Maryland, and then obviously Ohio State. They haven't played shit either. The one team that they did play, Aller couldn't do a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's – I I told myself, I was like, I'm laying. This number could have been fucking 18. I would have laid <laughs> it with Michigan. I think Michigan's going to beat the dog shit out of Penn State. I could certainly be wrong because the defense is good, but J.J. McCarthy's playing great. And he hasn't really been called upon to like, like he doesn't have the numbers because he doesn't need to have the numbers. So, but I, I haven't really seen him make a mistake this year. And with the, with the miscommunications I saw in the back end against Indiana, that was um, interesting. Soresby only completed 13 passes. He had 269 yards, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, 
I'm laying the points of Michigan, minus four and a half. Um, yeah, I mean, you could look at it both ways, kind of like I said. Who, what did Penn State show us against Ohio State? But also, what is Penn, who? Michigan's had an easy schedule. Take Ohio State out of it. Penn State's probably had the same schedule. So, um, it's the inexperience of Aller. That's that's that was the final thing I said. It, it's the progression of JJ McCarthy versus the inexperience of Aller, who I do think will get there in the coming years. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think they hang in this game with Michigan. I think Michigan sends a message to the Big Ten, to the committee, to everybody. They're doing it for fucking Connor Stallions. So give me Michigan minus four and a half. What is your first one for Saturday? I'm going to App State at Georgia State. Georgia State's two-point favorites, the over-under 60 and a half. App State has a slight advantage in yards per play margin, but the thing with App State is they're really bad against the run rank in 125th in the nation and opponents rushing yards per game. They only stuff 12% of opponents' runs, and they give up 3.6 line yards per rush. Georgia State isn't like a super dominant rushing team as far as like the line of scrimmage is concerned, but they average 180 rushing yards per game, 4.7 yards per rush. I think when you look at this game, it's going to be Georgia State's decent rush offense against App State's poor rush defense and App State's good passing attack against Georgia State's poor passing defense. I just think overall, Georgia State has the slightly better defense here. I'm going to take Georgia State minus two at home. Okay. Have they not covered for you yet this year? Um, You've been on them a few times, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. <clears throat> I don't think – I think they've covered each time. I could be wrong, but not to fucking throw a jinx. But I think I'm done believing in jinxes for the record. Because, <laughs> dude, I'm doing the dumbest shit. I'm, like, not wearing my necklace. I'm, like, changing a shirt. I'm fucking going for runs and like, cause I have to run to win bets and then I lose all my bets. Yeah. And then I'm like intentionally not going for runs and I'm eating like shit to see if that does it. I think it's just, I don't know. It's a mental issue for sure. Um, I'll like hold my breath sometimes <laughs> just randomly. I'll hold my breath for like, I'll try to hold it for the whole drive. If they score, I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna have to hold my breath for a while. It, it's wild. It makes you do some stupid ass shit, but um, I, I've told you, like, I'll have to pee. I'll just hold it. If things are going well, I'm like, I can't fucking yeah. pee. I have to hold it. I can't move. I've held it for like the whole half one time, like, oh my God. And then when things inevitably, you lose that game and then you're like, why the fuck did I hold my pee for <laughs> yeah. two and a half hours? All right. Um, <clears throat> my next one on Saturday, it's also going to be an 11 o'clock game. I'm going to take Texas Tech plus three and a half on the road against Kansas. I think Kansas is due for a little regression here. Uh, I was on Tech earlier in the season. I like the defense. This is more of a... I think Kansas has been kind of running hot lately. I, I just feel like this is a spot where they're due for a little regression. This is one of those. It almost seems like a trap. Uh, I, I think because it is a trap. I'm taking Texas Tech plus three and a half. Kansas should be favored by like... It's kind of a page out of his book from earlier in the year. Kansas should be favored by at least six, mm -hmm. six and a half at home. Um, so I'm going to take Texas Tech here. What are, are you on this? Do you have thoughts? No. It was a game I I kind of looked at. You know, I like Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. If this game was at home, I wouldn't care what the spread was. I'd take Tech. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do like the defense. So we'll see. Um Joseph, what is your next one for Saturday, and how many total do you have before you lock? Total before my lock, I have 
Four more. Four and then your lock? Yeah. What about you? I have uh, two more and then my lock. Okay. Uh, all right, Joseph, what is your next one? Uh, <clears throat> Alabama at Kentucky. I am going to go with the tide in this one, laying ten and a half. Uh, Kentucky relies heavily on their run game with Ray Davis. That's good for Alabama, giving up only 3.5 yards per carry and only six total rushing touchdowns on the season. They're going to need a great game from Devin Leary, who, from what I've seen, is already dealing with an eye injury. I don't know the extent of it. Uh, Offensively, I think McClellan and Milrow should have another good day running the football and open up the chance for explosive plays over the top. We already saw Missouri earlier this year march into Lexington and beat Kentucky 38-21. to I see some more of the same here for the Tide, so I'm going to take a minus 10 and a half. What are your thoughts on this spot? Um, Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't take Kentucky here. Me neither. The hook scares me away, but... Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I think Kentucky... I mean, they got the shit kicked out of them by Georgia, but then, yeah, they lose to Mizzou. They lose to Tennessee. I was on Tennessee. They covered the number there. Uh, those were back-to-back home games for Kentucky. And then you go on the road, you beat a dog shit Mississippi State team. That doesn't really do it for mm-hmm. me. Alabama's got new life. They're rejuvenated. They're back in the mix. So if somebody's going to lose, and if they go win the SEC, they're probably going to be in the college football playoff. Yeah. So they probably do come out and beat the shit out of them. The half point is scaring me away, it being on the road. Um, but, yeah, I mean – Devin Leary's been a journeyman for a reason. So you bottle up Ray Davis. It's probably going to be a long day for Kentucky. I have a decent bit more since you don't have that many more. I'll go. Uh, I'm going to take Temple plus seven and a half on the road against South Florida. We were against Temple. We were on SMU against Temple um, two weeks ago. We kept an eye on Navy versus Temple. The big, the whole thing was predicated on is, a, is EJ Warner going to play? He played last week, and Temple is a much different team when he plays. South Florida – Offensively, they're not doing uh, horrifically. Um, I just think Temple's a much better team whenever EJ Warner plays. They're going to be able to put some points on the board. Seven and a half is too many points. So give me Temple on the road. Plus a seven and a hook. Um, Let's see. You go ahead. What's your next one? Uh, It's another 1 p.m. kickoff. Troy minus 21 at ULM. Troy's a super balanced team. They're one of the best teams in the Sun Belt, them and James Madison. They played James Madison, lost by two. UL, ULM's the worst team in the Sun Belt. Their defense ranks 103rd in the nation in yards per play allowed. I expect Troy to be able to move the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if Troy shuts out ULM here. So um, I'm going to lay 21 with Troy. You fucking love the Sun Belt. I, I bet you 80% of yeah. your games have been in the Sun Belt. Maybe not 80, but more than 50. <laughs> definitely. Um, okay. My next one, I'm going to a 2.30 kick. It's more of a spot play for me. Um, I'm going to take UCF plus three at home against Oklahoma State. Uh, the bounce house is going to be going crazy. Oklahoma State just came off the final bedlam, got one over on Oklahoma in a big win. Um, UCF is a very like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of team. Obviously, Nick just went against them with Cincinnati. Cincinnati got one done, finally. But I bet on them against Oklahoma. You did, and they nearly won outright. Um, It's been a tough road stretch, three out of their last four for UCF. Back home now, this is a typical letdown spot for Oklahoma State. We're uh, going to back UCF plus uh, plus a field goal. 
Yeah, I'm on UCF as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Oklahoma State's okay. Their offense is better than their defense. I talked about it on Burke's picks. The big weakness for UCF is is the rush defense. Mm Mm-hmm. Last week, they ranked 130th in the nation after last week's game against Cincinnati. They now rank 132nd. So you can expect Oklahoma State, even though they're not a super dominant rushing team, at the line of scrimmage, they they are decent, ranking 27th in the nation in rushing yards per game. You got to expect them to run, be able to run the ball here. But just looking at Oklahoma State's defense, they're not very good. And they're facing the number six ranked team in terms of yards per play. The number six ranked rush offense going against the number one hundred sink one hundred six ranked defense in terms of yards per play in the ninety six ranked rush defense. I just think I don't know if Oklahoma State's running the ball here is going to be enough to um, kind of take UCF's offense out the game. I think UCF hangs in there, and like you said, I think Oklahoma State might be due here after going on that win streak for a little bit of a stumble. So I'm taking UCF plus three. Okay. Um, for my next one, I am going to – I got a bunch. Um, I'm going to lay the points with Oklahoma. So, at home, taking on West Virginia, 12-and-a-half. They had a rough road stretch uh, after multiple games at home. They went to Kansas, and they went to Oklahoma State, and they walked out with two losses on their record. Uh, West Virginia has been playing better as of late. They got a win on the road against UCF, against UCF played a, B- a BYU team that's not good, uh, but did – Beat them handily, thirty-seven to seven. But they played Oklahoma State, who they allowed to score forty-eight points, and then they were on the road against Houston, and they allowed Houston to score forty-one points. Oklahoma is going to put points up in bunches in this one, and I do think that the defense is going to come out and uh, show up. I guess it wasn't really, and they only allowed twenty-seven points against Oklahoma State, so it wasn't like it was the worst defensive performance. Obviously, the under hit. Um, I think we see a good performance, a good response from the Sooners here. They, this was never going to be their year. They're all they're about a year away under Venables, but um, I think this is a good spot for Oklahoma. So I'm going to lay the twelve and a half. Uh, what is your next one for Saturday, Joseph? Um, bit of a spot play for me here as well. I'm going to Minnesota at Purdue. I'm going to take Minnesota minus one and a half. Um, Minnesota with five wins on the season is looking for bowl eligibility with a win in this one, um, and. They have a couple of tough games coming up for their last two games. They're playing Ohio State next weekend and then Wisconsin to close it out, which is a winnable game, but it'll be tough. So I think this is their shot to get bowl eligible. Purdue is a dumpster fire. They have two wins on the season, and they're not playing for much, being out of bowl eligibility. So like I, spe- like I said, a bit of a spot play here. So I'm going to take the Gophers minus one and a half. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely getting to that point where um... – we're, we're going to be bowl season watching or postseason watching, I guess, with uh, who can get the coveted six. Yeah, this is their, certainly their best chance to. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I get the definitely. logic behind it. I mean, it. the Wisconsin game for the Axe is always competitive, but. Yeah. I, I definitely, Ohio State, no chance. No. I definitely get the logic behind it, but. Fucking Cal- yeah, Kaliak Manis, dude. I, can't I watched yeah, him the other week. He is a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but Purdue can't stop the run. So, all righty. I am going to take – going to Auburn and Arkansas. Are you on this? Mm-mm. Did you look at it? Not really. 
I'm going to lay the points with Arkansas, minus two and a half. Um, I just don't like Auburn. And going on the road, I think these teams are similar. Um, Auburn's got the better defense, but I don't know. I don't really like Auburn at all. So they didn't blow me away. Obviously, they played Mississippi State, and then you play the worst team in the SEC in Vanderbilt and, and don't look impressive. A good win, an overtime victory for Arkansas. Um, and so back-to-back in terms of road games for Auburn, so second week in a row on the road. I just think neither team's great at all. I, I think, um, I mean, if we're talking that sixth win, Auburn needs one more. But when you look at the schedule, BY, Arkansas is at three wins, so they got to win out if they're going to be bowl eligible. They have a game against FIU, which should be a win, but then they have their final game against Mizzou. So that's not that didn't really go into my thought process too much, but I just don't think Auburn's good. I don't like Peyton Thorne. Um, we've said it all year. I think this is a spot for Arkansas, so I'm going to lay the two and a half. No opinion? No lean? Uh, Yeah, that's a stay away. I don't know. I know Arkansas, I mean, they looked much better offensively last mm-hmm. week. Um, but they're facing a much tougher defense. Yeah. All right. How many? You have one more than your lock. I just have my lock. Okay. What about you? Two more in my lock. Uh, you can do one. One. Your next one. All right. Um, I'm gonna go over sixty three and a half Florida at LSU. Um, whether it's and y'all can update me if you saw anything else. I haven't seen anything on Daniels with the concussion protocol yet. But whether it's him or Nussmeyer, I don't see this being the first time LSU goes under. Um, especially with how bad our defense looks. Florida's averaging about 30 points per game this year. So if they can stay around that average, I think we should hit this over pretty easily because they're not going to be able to stop us. Like I said, whether it's Daniels or Nussmeyer, I'm not impressed with Florida's defense. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take the over in this one as well. 63 and a half. Okay. Um. Texas versus TCU. Texas dodged a bullet um, against Kansas State. A a horrific final play for Kansas State to go for the win and take Texas out of college football playoff contention. But they didn't get it done. So Texas is still alive. Number seven in the nation. Going on the road to take on the TCU Horned Frogs who stink. I'm taking Texas minus nine and a half. You dodged a bullet. Do you want to play with fire again? It was turnovers that was really the difference because uh, they jumped out to an early lead. It was 27 to 14. They had three turnovers, two picks by by Murphy. What's the latest on uh, on Ewers? Ewers? You heard anything? I know he's not um, coming back this week. but Yeah, I don't expect him to be back. No, but is week. he trending in the right direction? I, I was trying to look. I didn't see much. Yeah, he's week to week, day to day, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, they're dodging bullets. Uh, we're still – Pretty much full speed ahead looking at a, um, I would assume it's still a Oklahoma-Texas matchup in the Big 12 championship, right? Um, I'm not sure what Oklahoma State's Big 12 record is now. That's true, actually. they're up there. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, this is, Texas, to close out the season, has TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. You should go 3-0. and They should be in the Big 12 championship. They don't really have... They just it should it should have been a wake up call last week. Come out and handle business because they keep jumping out to leads and letting teams come back. 
Um, I think they handle business this week. So I'm taking Texas minus nine and a half. And I confirm there is still a nine and a half available. Um, I have one more than my lock. Last game of the night, Air Force in Hawaii. I'm going to lay the 18 with with uh, Air Force. <laughs> Good luck, brother. Um, don't need it. Air Force <laughs> just got slapped across the face by Army. They're going to take out their frustrations on a pretty sad Hawaii team that's 107th in the nation in terms of rush defense. On the island, off the island, it doesn't matter. Hawaii's not good. They're just not. And they're not going. I, I've watched them a few times this year show no signs of life when it comes to stopping the run. They allowed San Diego State to go to the island and drop 41 points on them. They lost to San Jose State 35 to nothing. They beat a Nevada team, which is one of the worst teams in college football, 27 to 14. But New Mexico dropped 42. UNLV dropped 44. It's going to be, it's going to take like some horrible fumbles for Air Force to not cover this game, in my opinion. So, and after what happened last week, getting smacked around like that, I think we come out and see. I'm going to be up late and I'm going to watch Air Force run the score up on the Rainbow Warriors. So, do you have a lean in this one? Um, Would you consider Hawaii? No. <laughs> I, I think it's just it, it's a similar sense of like it is a big number for a service academy, but it's a much different school. Hawaii wants to throw the ball. I don't think they're going to have success throwing it. Air Force will get the ball back a bunch. So they're going to put long sustained drives together. There is obviously lesser room for error, but you're not playing Army who's going to also sit on the ball. So there's going to be an emphasis on protection after last year, after last week. Um, but yeah, give me Air Force minus 18. USC Oregon, I'm not on it, but it, did you look at it? Do you have an opinion? Um, I know it's a lot of points, so I'd almost lean SC. Yeah, just because it is that many points. But with Caleb Williams crying like that, <laughs> that's I'm not even kidding. That's you know what, I hate when players cry. That's sweet. anybody. Well, fucking, yeah. Well, you got mad at Gilbert Burns. Yeah, fucking. They got knocked crying. out cold. <laughs> Caleb Williams crying because his fucking defense sucks. All right, that is all I yeah, have. That's my last one. What is? game before my lot. What? USC, Oregon. Oh, is it? Yep. Oh, I thought you said that. Okay. Yeah, this is my last one before my lock. I'm going to the under 73 and a half. Um, reason being, this is a much better defense in Oregon than what we saw last week. I don't see Caleb Williams having the same success in this one as opposed to putting up 42, uh, especially like we already touched on with how demoralized he looked after the loss. How much does he have left in the tank? I don't think a lot, especially against this Oregon defense. They're playing motivated. They want to get in the college football playoff. I see Oregon and Bucky Irving slowing this game down with their 10th-ranked run offense, averaging 6.3 yards per carry, and trying to keep the ball away from Caleb Williams as much as possible in this one. So slow the game down, and I, I think they'll hit the under 73 and a half. Yeah, I mean, it is a fucking high number. That's <laughs> 73 and a half is up there. Um, I was looking at it, and like I said, I want to take SC, but the only reason I would take SC is because I do think that they're going to be able to put some points up. I don't think – if Caleb Williams is demoralized, then he ain't going to do shit in the NFL. Like, I, I, it's like, is he crying because of the defense? You think? No, I have no idea. Why the fuck was he crying? <laughs> Because he's a weirdo. I was pissed, dude, because I needed the backdoor. We needed that. We were You were on it, too. We both yeah. needed that. And he had the opportunity. 
and fucking missed the throws. So I was confused why he cried like that. I didn't like it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. This will be very interesting. It, it's just another opportunity for him to assert himself as the number one quarterback in the country type of thing. I think he'll definitely be up for it. There, Everybody's going to want to be on upset alert when you go in on the road playing a team like Oregon. Um, clearly, Oregon has the superior defense. It, it is kind of mind-boggling how bad USC's defense is. If, if anybody watched that Washington game, it was like, oh, my God. It was fourth and two, and then they're passing, and Caleb Williams is scrambling, rolling out nearly taking a sack and just throwing up a prayer to the end zone, their toe tapping in the back of the end zone. The defense is horrific for both Washington and USC. Um, it'll be interesting. It is a very high number. So, um, all right, all I have left is my lock. You as well? Yep. yep. All righty. Who went first last week? You. I did. <laughs> it doesn't matter. First or second, I, I, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm hitting locks. All right, best bets of the week. It's a lock, Kramer. You've had this thing under control for almost three years now. But it's a lock. They need that fucking juice. They need that next bet. They need, come on, come on. Yes! When they win, they go fucking crazy. All right, for my lock of the week, this is going to be the hate bowl for me because I hate both of these teams, Cincinnati and Houston. I hate them both. I hate both coaches. I hate Holgerson. I hate Satterfield. Cincinnati covered last week, but they are not going to cover again. I'm taking Houston minus two on the home field. It's one of those games that's going to be tough to watch. There's going to be bad offense, bad defense, bad coaching, bad players. Both sides suck. Uh, but Houston's kind of managed to put things together as of late. I'm taking Houston minus two at home. I hate them both. Where are you going? I'm going to 17th ranked Tennessee, taking on 12th ranked Missouri. Tennessee has a fairly big advantage here in yards per play margin. Their defense is much improved this year. They rank 12th in the nation in yards per play allowed, over a half yard better this year than last. I think Tennessee's a clear cut better team. Plus, you have Tennessee. Coming off a cakewalk against UConn, you have Missouri coming off of a hard-fought game against Georgia. I expect Tennessee to be the fresher team here. I'm taking Tennessee minus one on the road for my lock of the week. I'm not going to do it just because I didn't have it written down. I'm not doing the ads, but I wanted to. I was very close. I, I agree with everything you said. I do think Tennessee is the better team. Um, fuck. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joseph, what is your lock of the week? My lock of the week is UCF plus three. Um, like you guys already talked about, I got more of the same. Uh, Oklahoma State coming off of a huge win last week against Oklahoma. Could be a bit of a letdown spot here against a UCF team with more of what I was talking about earlier that needs two more wins for bowl eligibility. Um, it'll be a tall task for a spotty UCF defense who's given up 211 yards per game on the ground, but what they lack in defense, I think they can make, make up for on the offensive side of the ball, like Nick touched on. UCF is fourth in the country running the ball, averaging 5.6 yards per carry and 227 yards per game. Lean on the run and allow Plumlee to make the throws he needs to make against a weak Oklahoma State passing defense. I'm going to back UCF plus three. 
All right, there you go. That is our best bets of the week for college football week 11. Like I said, we've been kind of rattling off some locks lately. So if there's any time to uh, hop on the train, it was about a month ago. So might be uh, God only knows what happens this week. But I do feel like this is the week I'm going to get them. But I feel like that every single week. So we will recap NFL um, and then look ahead to week 10, which is crazy that we're already at week 10 in the NFL. Thursday night, Titans-Steelers. This one was extremely frustrating. Um, we knew it would be tough sledding for Will Levis on the road going against Pittsburgh. It took a late touchdown from the Steelers. Um, Titans were up three. Couldn't score a point in the fourth quarter. Will Levis did nearly put a drive together there late, but it would have been pretty improbable. But um, I don't know. There was there was opportunity. Like Pickens should have got his foot down. In the back of the end zone, he's lazy as fuck, mm-hmm. crying and fucking deleting all affiliation with the team. I fucking hate that shit. I tweeted that out. This era of like, oh, when I'm mad, I'm going to delete all my social media pictures that I have in Steelers gear. It's like, bro, shut the fuck up. Get your feet down, you fucking crybaby. He was mad when uh, Deontay Johnson or whoever it was scored the touchdown. Wasn't celebrating when we were sitting there pouting because he wanted Tomlin to go for it after he didn't get his fucking feet down. It's like, no, jackass, we're going to take the points. <laughs> um, so unfortunate, Thursday Street comes to an end, but still uh, we'll see what we can do this week. I was on the Dolphins Chiefs under 51. Let's talk about it because you got a good cover in the under hit. But the Kansas City Chiefs didn't score a touchdown or any points in the second half. Yeah. Is it safe to say the Chiefs have an offense problem? I don't know. The Chiefs are the best team in the league. <laughs> not saying they're not because their defense is fucking good. <laughs> and that, that's what we've been talking about. If they win the Super Bowl this year, it will be because of their defense. They get a bye, so they'll have. Is it safe to say that the Kansas City Chiefs outside of Travis Kelsey have weapons, a weapon problem? I don't know. You keep saying that. They got Tony. They got Rice. Stink I think they get stinky. those. I think they get those guys in Baltimore at the bye. Zero points. What was alarming? Not even alarming because we—that's what we said. I mean, I was on the under. You go to Germany. It's a long way to travel, but the Dolphins went three quarters without scoring points. Yep. Obviously not in succession, but they had a fourteen-point third quarter. This one started off quick, where the Chiefs scored first drive. So I'm like, oh, okay, like here we go. Not what I was looking for. And then they don't score again until the second quarter. The That was a weird play with Tyreek Hill where they rip it out. And it was a great play defensively, uh, scoop and score for a touchdown. But, I mean, I was pissed because I'm like, that's fucking horrible <laughs> yeah. for my under. You can make the argument that his forward progress was stopped. Yeah, I well hate before, forward progress. I'm not saying that, yeah, I'm not, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But by the letter of the law and me having the under – his fucking forward progress was yeah. stopped. I think they always blow the whistle too soon. I agree. But for that particular instance, I was not happy. And I said, his fucking forward progress is stopped. So you need to blow the play dead. <laughs> um, Dolphins are frauds. The Dolphins are frauds. Yeah. They can't beat a good team. The defense isn't good. The offense isn't elite like we thought. We'll see what happens when A-Chan comes back, uh, if that adds an extra, extra wrinkle. But we saw it with the Patriots, and I said it. They kind of laid the blueprint on how to bracket Tyreek Hill and take him out of the game, essentially. So, not necessarily out of the game, but not allow him to wreck the game for you. Um, But we've been talking about this all year. And I understand they're on your fantasy team. But the Chiefs have a problem on offense. 
This is a Dolphins defense that is not a powerhouse. Yeah. We saw it against the Jaguars. We should have covered that one in a long line of close games not going our way. The Broncos. The Chiefs better hope they don't run into the Broncos in the postseason because they can't score on the Broncos. You disagree? Oh, no. The Broncos ain't making Obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm joking there. But they have a problem on offense. 185 yards for from now. Homes. What's going to change? They're good at together. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying like. You still have Mahomes. It's like with that defense. The, that's the great equalizer. And then Mahomes. you have Mahomes. You don't really. But but why are you bringing up the they, defense? They're showing that they don't even need them. Why are need you them br- to fucking beat? <laughs> why are you bringing? They don't up, even need them. Why are you bringing up the defense? They have a problem on offense. I've been saying it all year. <laughs> I've been saying it all year, and I have not been wrong. Travis Kelsey had three catches for 14 yards. Yeah, that's fucking terrible. Yeah, for Travis Kelsey or anyone because Noah Gray had more. Everybody had more yards than Kelsey except for McCole Hardman and LaMichael Pirine because he played one snap. Yeah. Um. Basically, the moral of the story is the Chiefs have a problem on offense. But regardless, the defense is great, and they still covered – the number by, well, by a touchdown. It, it got a little dicey there in the end, I guess, but it really shouldn't have. Um, under 51 was easy. Packers minus three. That's what I said. It was now or never, and they got it done. Um, you're playing the Rams with the injuries at quarterback. Packers didn't blow me away by any stretch of the imagination, but they got the job done. Falcons minus four. Um, I, I didn't even want to fucking, I didn't even want to write it on the board. Uh, I said, it was four and a half. I said if it hit four, I would take it. It did hit four, so I tweeted it out again just to confirm it. I wish I didn't. But a heroic second half from the Vikings that came from the fucking rafters. They scored 21 points in the second half after scoring 10 in the first half. Arthur Smith is a fat piece of shit. There's really no other way to describe him. He's a fucking idiot. That's another way to describe him. There was a sequence on the goal line where they settle for a field goal because B. John Robinson doesn't touch the ball one fucking time. They throw it to Jonu Smith. They run it with Jonu Smith. And then they run it with Algier, who gets blown up for like a loss of seven. What'd you go get the best running back in the draft for? His fat ass came out and said he's able to do things off the ball that open things up for everybody else. That's fucking wonderful. <laughs> What'd you draft him for? To be a decoy? You took you you spent a first round pick, a top ten pick, for him to be a decoy. This is a perfect case of these fucking stupid offensive coordinators that want and head coaches that want to show that it's not about the guys, it's about them calling the plays. It's an ego thing to show that they can do it. It's their scheme. It's a plug and play. Anybody can fucking they can't. That's why you drafted Bijan Robinson that high, because he's really fucking good. Around the goal line, maybe give him the ball, you fucking dumb bitch. It's so frustrating. And then it got even more frustrating because we had the Falcons minus four. They don't cover and they lose outright. They let Josh Dobbs come in, who doesn't even fucking know the names of the players that he's playing with, come in and lead a heroic comeback. And then we go to the Cowboys plus three. We were both on it. It was a good spot for the Cowboys. I hate Dak Prescott. I hate Dak Prescott because he's good enough to go, hmm, plus three in a divisional matchup. It's a good number. I'm going to take the Cowboys. And then when it's time to win the fucking game, he won't do it. 
And I have people arguing with me on Twitter about how, oh, this game's not on deck. I'll preface with, I understand the officiating was a fucking joke, but it's been a joke all year. The fact of the matter is the Cowboys had the ball on the six yard line. You get four opportunities, 25 seconds left, four opportunities from the six yard line to score a touchdown. Dak Prescott waits. He has his offensive lineman bending down in position for 30 fucking seconds as he's hiking his leg up doing nothing. And it runs it down to zero and his offensive lineman gets a false start. Back him up. So now from the six yard line, we go to the 11. Dak Prescott then either throws an incompletion, then takes a sack or vice versa. Takes a sack though, that turns a first and goal from the 11 all the way to we're on like, it's like 21 yards away now. So you have goal line opportunity, four chances from the six-yard line, and you manage to turn it into 20-plus. You manage to turn it into Hail Marys, essentially. And I've got people arguing with me on Twitter talking about, man, it's not Dak's fault and this and that. It is Dak's fault. He's a fucking quarterback. This guy literally chronicled the last, like, four playoff trips or whatever with Dak Prescott, and he's like, Against the Niners, he lost, and, uh, oh, defense played great. Uh, against the so-and-so, he lost, and they had 13 penalties. Against so-and-so, he lost, and he just played bad. I'll give you that. And it's like the fucking one consonant is that he lost. He loses. There's players that are good that just lose because they're not great. You have to be great to win in the NFL. You have to be Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, go down the list. Back in the day, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. You have to be better than the rest to win. You can be good and get there and lose, which is what Tony Romo did with the Cowboys, and then he handed the baton to Dak Prescott. You have four opportunities from the six-fucking-yard line, and you manage to not even fucking get a chance from the six-yard line. Oh, he got a delay a game, too. He almost got a delay a game, which caused the false start. Then he took a sack. Then on the most important play, with five seconds left, I, I don't know the fucking rules. I was like, is that a 10-second runoff? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be a 10-second runoff. He gets a fucking delay a game. He has no idea. It's unfathomable how dumb this guy is time and time again. We see it over and over again. At some point, we just got to accept the fact that Dak Prescott's good, not great, and you will never see him win a Super Bowl. It won't happen. He's surrounded by a great defense and plenty of playmakers and can't win the fucking game. They score six points in the second half. I was fucking mad because I bet more on this one and the Bengals, which luckily it evened out. But I was so pissed. I really was. Um, and then the lock of the week, the Bengals minus two and a half. They got the job done. Thank God. Um, made it a little dicey there at the end. Bill scored the most in the fourth quarter. Uh, but the Bengals got off to a good start, 21-7 to going into halftime. Only scored three points in the second half, but obviously they're playing a little more conservative. Uh, Joe Burrow looked great, 348 yards, two touchdowns. Josh Allen did what he does, which is turn the football over and make questionable throws. He can't diagnose cover two or he's late or whatever you want to call it. Joe Burrow owns Josh Allen. There's no two ways about it. Bengals minus two and a half was our lock of the week. Our first ever consensus lock when you take college and NFL. Uh, both orange teams, both Tigers, 2-0. and I go 3-3 three and three on the week. Brings me to 21-25, and 4-5 and five in my locks of the week. It was one catastrophic week, really, on both NFL and college football, which put us behind the eight ball. But we're scratching and clawing. We're coming back. Uh, you had four plays because there was the overseas game. You went 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, we talked about all of them. Titans plus three, we lost. Chiefs minus two and a half, they end up hanging on. Cowboys plus three, you went on your rant. Dak steps out 
for the two point conversion, which I you didn't even mention. About that. <laughs> no, I tweeted about it a bunch. I forgot about that. What? Oh, and the other one. The, the touchdown. Yeah. I wanted to get y'all. So I saw, uh, I know you hate Chris Sims, but he was saying something about. Yeah, when do you, you when gotta, do you establish possession? You got to survive the ground. Chris Sims is a dipshit. So, so what do y'all think about that? I think that's the rule. He he he's got the ball. He has possession, yeah. and he's and he's down. Yeah. So it's like, it, you could it could get dicey with out of bounds or any. It, it, Chris Sims is fucking dumb. He doesn't know how to call the plays. He can't remember a simple play call from John Gruden, and it's on hard knocks. He's a fucking moron. Um, I wish the tight end would have ran his route deeper. Yeah. Run it a fucking yard deeper. Yep. I wish he wouldn't have been dra- had the linebacker draped all over him well before the ball got there. The officiating was horrendous. The officiating was really bad. They called a pass interference on Stephon Gilmore. That was not pass interference. Not even close. Didn't touch him, didn't grab him, didn't hold him, anything. Um Oh yeah, that was bad. They score points on that drive. Yeah, so that that, that that's the difference there. Um there was multiple opportunities, multiple instances where the officiating was just horrific. To step out of bounds on the and I knew it too because Lindsay's watching with me and like I've gotten good at not screaming and like getting pissed so I'll just sit there and I'm like <laughs> this one fucking got to me bad because I told her I said this two point conversion is so important because I said they will have time to get the ball back the Eagles are going to go a little conservative so it's not do or die if they don't get it I said but we essentially barring some bullshit guarantee ourselves a push if he gets this two-point conversion and he's rolling out to his right and i'm like i'm like all right take it yourself Dak. take it yourself Dak. and then he starts taking it himself and i'm fucking I'm like because of course no fucking way he steps out of bounds on his own reaches for the pile and i'm like let's fucking go and then they're like oh we're looking they're looking at it and I, i'm like you've got to be <laughs> fucking kidding me dude he he didn't get pushed somebody tried to fucking tell me he got pushed out of bounds he stepped out of bounds before he was touched this fucking dumbass ran to the pylon and instead of diving when he should have dove, he took one more giant step and steps half his foot on the fucking white line and then dives for the pylon. It's the perfect example. It's the Tony Romo leads you on the touchdown drive and then fucking for some reason is holding the point act, the, the PAT and fumbles a snap. You fucking, it's a good touchdown drive. And then you go do the two-point conversion, and you're doing it on your own. He's going to go score it himself, and he steps out of fucking bounds. Mm -hmm. It's poetic. It's exactly who he is, and it's who he always will be. So anybody that's a Cowboys fan and thinks, like, this is your year, it's not. It's not. He's going to come up short again. If the Cowboys make the Super Bowl, whoever the fuck they're playing against, whoever they're playing against, I will bet everything I have on them. Everything. It's fucking infuriating because... Like if I if they would have fucking covered this game or even pushed, I would have had a tremendous week in the NFL. Like I said, I went big on the Cowboys and the Bengals. Dude, it, oh, it drove me nuts. It really and like I said, I, I I've gotten to the point to where I've gotten good at not freaking out. And I think Lindsay just knew I needed a second, mm-hmm. so she's like, "Come on, Breeze, let's go outside." She took him out as soon as that door shut. As soon as the door shut, I said, "Fuck!" <laughs> Screamed as loud as I could and then just sat there. But yeah, so I didn't even realize we were on all of the same picks. Yeah, and then I was on the Bengals for the lock. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Burrow owns Josh Allen. And really, I mean, you can make an argument that owns him and Mahomes. Was it yeah, like before the... Uh, the previous game last... Yeah, yeah, last playoff game. Which that one... It, it, that's the one... 
There was questionable calls in that one too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, all right, Joseph, what was your record? One and two. Um, bad pick in the Dolphins and Chiefs under. Talked about it last week. <laughs> I mean over, sorry. I took the over. I um, took the under. Yeah. And then you already said it as well. Arthur Smith, it's time to go. He's a bad coach. Um, And my one lone one that I did hit, I got a little bit lucky on Thursday night, the under – 36 and a half, Titans-Steelers. 36, huh? Yeah. Got, got pretty lucky, but it was my only one. So that brings me to 14 and 22, and then in my locks, 3 and 6. Alrighty, there you go. Um, that is, well, not there you go. That is the recap. So we will look ahead to Week 10 in the NFL. Thursday night, we're going to try to get back on track. Um, me and Nick were dominating Thursdays these, these this last month. Uh, we're going to see what we can do here. Panthers and Bears. Bears are four-point favorites. We're looking at an over-under of 39-and-a-half. What uh, – you got a – how do you feel? You got a side? <laughs> Is Fields coming back? Questionable from what I've seen. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I doubt it, though. I'm taking Panthers plus four. <sighs> Me too. Because they suck so bad. They're going to win here. This dude's on the Bears. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I just scratched it out, but this was going to be my lock. I'm not even joking. I changed my mind. I called them. I called an audible. Um, the Panthers are going to win this game, and you know why? Because the Bears don't fucking care. Because the Bears have the Panthers pick. Mm-hmm. So this is a chance for Bryce Young on prime time to show. Um, why he went above C.J. Stroud, which is currently looking like maybe not the best decision because C.J. Stroud is lighting it the fuck up. Yeah. To the tune of like 500 yards and a fucking four touchdowns, no picks, and a fourth quarter comeback. Yeah, C.J. Stroud has more passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett for the career. <laughs> yeah, well, he gets to play indoors. So <laughs> For the career. <laughs> yeah, well, put him in uh Put him in Pittsburgh. I bet it wouldn't be going that well. <laughs> yeah, Pickens would be an all-pro if Sarah was in Pittsburgh. Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace. He was in Steelers. He was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Didn't work out. I don't think he ever played a snap. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, man. You're not going to get me with, uh, who was it? Cowherd. I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, it's in a cowherd situation. Um, yeah, maybe not. All right, let's move on. Um, I'm not on the Bears. I'm on the over. Okay. Why is that? Um, it'd be nice if Fields plays from over, but like you said, from what I've seen, I, I doubt it. Um, even though Bajent threw those three picks last week, I still liked some of what I saw. I thought he had showed a good connection with Komet. Uh, I think that could continue in this one, and I know, I mean, y'all are on the Panthers, so I'm hoping he does good as well. I know he looked awful last week, but I think Bryce Young can have a better game. With this matchup, I think he'll be able to get the ball to Adam Thielen with more ease uh, against a bad Bears defense as opposed to what happened uh, last week against the Colts. They have a good good slot corner in Kenny Moore. Uh, Bears don't have that, so they expect some points in this one. Okay. Um. All right, we'll look ahead to Sunday. So me and Nick are in agreement again, both taking the Panthers with the points. And, I mean, four points, it's like both of these teams fucking suck. Yeah. That's a lot of points for, yeah. for a short turnaround. All right, Sunday, Saints and Vikings. Are you on it? Yep. 
I am as well. I'm going to take the Saints minus two and a half. Uh, on the road against the Vikings, I understand Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs just stepped in and let a comeback, blah, 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 whatever. The 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 Falcons are so mismanaged um, with the amount of weapons they have, the fact that they can't put points on the board. Kyle Pitts, his entire career is just getting fucking wasted. The Vikings, Josh Dobbs, now you're planning for Dobbs. There's a reason he is who he is. It's just it's just what it is. He's going to be the starter going forward. I think they said Jaron Hall's not coming back. It doesn't matter who the fuck it is. Jefferson's not playing. Madison's not good. The quarterback doesn't know anybody's name. The Saints defense got a shitload of takeaways. They're leading the league in interceptions. Josh Dobbs will throw an interception. The offense is starting to figure it out. I'm taking the Saints minus two and a half on the road. Yeah, I'm not buying the Josh Dobbs hype. No. Um, Minnesota, though, they're improved defensively. Number 10 in the league in yards per play allowed. Nearly a yard better this year than last year, but... It's like even though the Saints still have cons- a little bit of concerns on offense, I just think the Saints' defense handles up here. Yeah. Causing causing Dobbs to make some mistakes. So I'm taking Saints minus two and a half. Okay. Um, we're going back to Frankfurt. Yeah, I'm there. Are you? Yeah. Always? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so I had a play. I scratched <laughs> it out because I'm worried, but I'll let, go ahead. I'm taking the Patriots plus two. Okay. They're firing Belichick? Yeah, right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to unscratch guy, it. Guy won how many Super Bowls? He, he's got a – I don't know. If they fire him, please come coach the Saints. That'd be sick. Um, <laughs> Shit, Tom Brady can come back too. Yeah, but the Colts are in the middle of the pack in the league and yards for play and yards for play allowed. The Patriots are below average on offense, but their defense is still – Pretty good, ranking number ninth in the league and yards of play allowed. We're going to bet on the Patriots' defense here and the noise with Belichick. Are they going to let him go? We'll see. I'm taking Patriots plus two. Okay, so that's everything that I had. I had the Patriots scratched it out. I wrote too much turmoil. It worries me. All the They've got the guy, uh, Robert Kraft's son. And I'm assuming it's his son. He also looks old as shit and like he like frequents the parlors. Um, he was like, we're just not good enough or something like that, like mumbling shit to himself. Um, I do think the Patriots defense is going to be able to scheme for it's still It's still Minshew, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, Minshew is a guy who can come in and win you a game, but when you scheme for him, I don't think you're really going to – I understand they just beat the Panthers. Panthers suck. They will beat the Bears, but they suck. Uh, before that, they were on a three-game losing streak. The Patriots, they beat Buffalo – play the Dolphins divisional matchup on the road, and then a close one with the Commanders. Their season could look a lot different if a couple different things go their way. Small bounces here and there. Um, Like I said, I scratched it out because I said too much turmoil, but you love the fucking the the overseas games, and we've done pretty well on it. Yeah, I don't want to say it, but I'm doing fairly well. I've also done pretty well. But I'm like um, <laughs> one loss out of all of so them. Wide. I don't know how many they played. Maybe maybe I'm four and one, five and one. I think I might be four and one, five and one. Hmm? Who? When I win this one, I'll come back next week. Is there any more after this? I would imagine no, but I also don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was going to go back and look and see how many there have been. I'm not going to. They skipped it. a couple weeks of international play. Yeah. Um, all right, so, yeah, I'll take the Patriots as well. Like I said, I had it written down. I scratched it out. We, Joseph, how many total do you have? Before my lock? Yeah. Two more. Okay, go ahead with one. 
Uh, Jets, Raiders, I'm going to take the under 36 and a half. Uh, Aiden O'Connell is going to have his hands full against a very tough Jets defense we just saw play very good against the Chargers Monday night. But I think it's equally as tough of a task for Zach Wilson on the other side. Going to be chased around by Max Crosby all night. I like the defenses in this one, so I'm going to take the under 36 and a half. All right, I am going to take Jacksonville plus three against the Niners. Why are you smiling? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jacksonville at home, it's the same thing. I took Jacksonville at home against the against the Chiefs at the beginning of the season. Jacksonville went on a stretch early on where they weren't looking so hot. Now they're 6-2. and two. Um, One of the better teams in football the last couple weeks. 49ers obviously have their struggles that are well-documented. They're banged up. They are getting guys back that are healthy. But still, Purdy's going through a little bit of a rough patch here. Jaguars getting a field goal at home. I'll take it. I think they're one of the better teams in the AFC and a loaded AFC. Um, yeah, too many points. Home team. Team's got to go from west to the east coast. A lot of traveling, time zone difference. Uh, give me the Jags, plus three. How many more do you have before you lock? Just my lot. Okay. I have, what did I give? Gave that, gave that, gave that, gave that. I have one more and then my lock. I had the Falcons. Scratched it out. Not doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I just have one more as well. Not fucking taking it. Um, the Falcons, it should be a home run that the Falcons should fucking cover one point against the one and eight Cardinals. But it's not. It's not. And I'm not doing it. I'm not falling for the trap of this bullshit with a bunch of weapons that can't put up offense. And Murray's back. Yeah. yeah he's going to play. That's why. Okay. First game back, though? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Better than what they had, though. Yeah, yeah. No, without <laughs> without a doubt. But still. Uh, Monday night, Broncos and Bills. I'm taking the Broncos plus seven and a half. They're going to keep disrespecting Denver, giving them over a touchdown. Um, Josh Allen likes to turn the football over. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's got 18 touchdowns, nine picks. He leads the league in interception or turnovers the last three years. I think we see a couple here. Russell Wilson sucks. Uh, the offense is bad, but um, the Bills are five and four. They are four and one at home. Um just feels like too many points, though. Seven and a hook, I'll take the Broncos. And then all I have left is my lock. I already know what yours is. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead, my bad. Um, for the last one before my lock, I'm going to take the Cowboys minus 16 and a half. Um, yeah. <laughs> After that rant, I, know oh, yeah, I knew you would hate that one, but Daniel Jones is out for the season. The Cowboys coming off, like we talked about, that heartbreaking loss against the Eagles last week. This is a good spot for me to bounce back. I know that's a lot of points in the NFL. I get it, but I look for the Cowboys' defense to key in on Saquon and take the running game away, forcing DeVito, whoever it is, to make DeVito's play. playing? Yeah. Tyrod Taylor's on yeah, what IR. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, Jesus Christ. so they're gonna have to make force him to make plays, which I don't see that happening a lot against this Cowboys front, uh, getting after him. So I think they dominate this game minus sixteen and a half. Yeah, the Vita, wow, the Vito. It's so many points. Though. It is. A I lot fucking of points. lay those points. Do it. <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I thought Taylor. I didn't. Apparently, I've been sleeping under a rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Yeah, that's why you only went two and two. <laughs> Even though we were on all the same players. Um, all right, all we have left is the locks. Yeah. You. All right, most important bets of the week for the NFL. It's a lock, Kramer. You've had this thing under control for almost three years now. But it's a lock. 
They need that fucking juice. They need that next bet. They need. Come on, come on. Yes! When they win, they go fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm on um the 49ers. Oh, yeah. really? Wow. Both teams coming off of a bye. Jacksonville was on a five-game win streak. The San Francisco 49ers were on a three-game losing streak. I just think the bye here kind of, it's a narrative-based, benefits the 49ers and hurts the Jags here. I interrupted a five-game win streak for Jacksonville. It kind of allows the 49ers to regroup. I think the 49ers come out here and make a statement and reassert themselves as one of the better teams in the league. So I'm going to lay the three on the road with the 49ers. Interesting. Does Debo play? Yeah, I think he's going to play. He's been practicing. He's questionable, but yeah. Trent Um, Williams has not been at practice. Hasn't been practicing, so we'll see. I like that better. I'd rather him out than Debo. Okay. For my lock of the week, I'm going to take the Ravens minus six. Divisional matchup. Um... I just don't think the Browns are that good. I think the Ravens are pretty fucking good. Uh, better than I thought this year. Smacked the shit out of one of the leading NFC teams in Seattle two weeks after they smacked the shit out of the Lions, another leading team in the NFC. The NFC's weak. It's a couple teams at the top and then a bunch of okay. AFC's loaded from top to bottom pretty much. I think we see the Ravens come out and handle business. It's a lot of points for a low total in a divisional matchup, two good defenses. I just don't think that the Browns have the offense uh, – to keep up in this one. I think we see Lamar kind of keep up his tear that he's been on. Um, give me the Ravens minus six as my lock of the week. For my lock of the week, I am going Bengals minus six and a half. Um, Burrow and the Bengals are getting it going at the right time. They've looked really good these past two weeks. I was most impressed with their defense last week. After giving up that opening touchdown drive to Josh Allen and the Bills, I thought they played very well, got it back together, got a lot of consecutive stops there. I think that can continue even against a very, very hot C.J. Stroud coming off of a career day. Stroud has been good all year, but he's been much better at home, so I think he'll have some regression in this game against, like I said, that Bengals defense who has guys at all levels. I'm going to take the Bengals minus 6.5. Okay. So you're going with the Niners yeah, on the road. Wow. Interesting. Hasn't been, uh, hasn't been common that we're, we're on opposite sides on one of those, the three point home dog, uh, the, <laughs> the home dog in the NFL against a bunch of frauds. I'm, I mean, now I'm even more interested to see how it plays out. Niners can't win on the road. It's been proven. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I mean. It's mainly the buy, and, and, you know. I mean, it definitely helps them get healthy, but what is wrong with Trent Williams that he's still out after the buy? I just know he wasn't at practice yesterday. Or he wasn't practicing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean. if he was there. I It will be interesting. Like, it's going to answer a lot of questions about the teams, I think, how they do respond, kind of like what you said. And the logic makes sense, I understand. If I'm being 100% honest, I didn't even really know. I, would, I didn't pay attention to the bye. Like, obviously, now that you bring it up, like, yeah. yeah, they were both on bye. I have Lawrence as my fantasy quarterback and shit. That didn't really go into my thought process. So if the Niners come out and handle business, I mean, the what you said makes sense. Um, but I think, I mean, the Jaguars going two impressive road wins, obviously against us, and then against Pittsburgh. They took down Buffalo. 
Um, Atlanta when they were playing well, I guess. But this will be a big test for Lawrence on if he is. He he hasn't taken the step that I thought he was going to take this season. But we'll see. Um, we'll see how they respond. We never did a recap for college football, so we should yeah. do, we should do both. All righty. So that is our best bets for both college football and the NFL. I'm going to go ahead and we'll do. I'll do college. You do college. He does college. Then we'll do NFL. So college football best bets. We I'm taking Michigan minus four and a half. I'm taking SMU minus sixteen and a half. Wyoming UNLV over fifty and a half. Oklahoma minus twelve and a half. Air Force minus eighteen. Texas Tech plus three and a half. Texas plus sorry minus nine and a half. Temple plus seven and a half. UCF plus three. Arkansas minus two and a half. And my lock of the week, Houston minus two. I'm taking Georgia State minus two. Troy minus 21. Taking UCF plus three. And Tennessee minus one for my lock of the week. I'm going Alabama minus ten and a half. Michigan team total under 25 and a half. Minnesota minus one and a half. Florida and LSU over 63 and a half. USC and Oregon under 73 and a half. And for my lock of the week, I'm taking UCF plus three. All right, now for the NFL best bets Thursday night, I'm taking the Panthers plus four. Nearly was my lock. They will win this game outright. Give me the Jaguars plus three. Patriots plus two in Germany. Denver plus seven and a half. The Saints, minus two and a half. And my lock of the week is the Ravens, minus six. I have the Panthers, plus four. The Patriots, plus two. The Saints, minus two and a half. And I'm taking the 49ers, minus three, for my lock of the week. Thursday night, Panthers-Bears, I'm going over 39 and a half. Jets-Raiders, I'm going under 36 and a half. Giants-Cowboys, I'm going to take the Cowboys, minus 16 and a half. And for my lock of the week, I'm taking the Bengals, minus six and a half. There you go. That is our best bets. College football, NFL, episode 170 is in the books. Hit subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button as well. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I already went through the whole spiel. Subscribe everywhere. Tell a friend. If we help you win a bet like we have in the locks of the weeks, three in a row in college football, three out of four in NFL uh, for me. Nick's been rattling rattling off his locks of the week as well. Um, This might be the first time that we've been on opposite sides of one of the locks. Yeah. Meaning, For sure. Meaning, not that we have conflicting locks, but I'm on the opposite side of your lock. So something's got to give. <laughs> Three-point home dog. That's crazy. But we shall see. Anything to say before we go? Who that said they're going to beat them Saints? Joseph. Good luck. Y'all have a good one. Who that? house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. Practicing this because a little bit that I rushed. It felt like I rushed. That was good. I liked it.